You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture, coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. I was actually standing there. Holding the window? Holding. In case you're wondering, these windows are fairly heavy. I'm sure. And so all of a sudden, here I am with, with the my window. children like looking on, and I'm like... Had it not be, had it been someone who is not as strong as I am, they would have dropped it and shattered it, or they might have been crushed. Mm, that too, that's what would have happened to me. Um, or worse, like it could have come and like, you know, decapitated you. I don't know about decapitated, but I don't know what but we're maybe about. sliced their the face. Window uh, my window got fixed. Apparently, uh. when he raised it on Saturday. You know, because it was so hot in oh, JPW. Yeah. So yeah, it was um, so it hot. It just like fell into his hands. Good. Okay. It was so, so windy but that the, but day. Glad I didn't land on the piano. But maintenance mm-hmm. came and fixed it. Yay. So. Yeah, JPW was still toasty yesterday. Yeah, Why is JPW so toasty? I, listen, when you have buildings, this happens at college campuses all around the country. When you're talking about buildings that are old. Yeah. You know, and this building... Is not as old as some on our campus, yeah. but it's old. It's old enough. Old enough. You know, at some point, obviously, this building had an HVAC upgrade, but that was probably four decades ago. You know, and when you're dealing with old I buildings, I know what an HVAC is. And yeah, old sure. HVAC. Yeah. I uh, mean, is that the heater? Humidity, no. ventilation, and uh, air, air conditioning. Conditioner. Got the AC part. Or heat, va- uh, heat, ventilation, air conditioning. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think Is I that said why, humidity. like, sometimes, you know, they have those big things connected to the bucket and it fills up the bucket with water? A dehumidifier? Is that what I it have is? no idea. That's, you that's seen a, that? They've that's had it on the upper floor. That is, a, that is a dehumidifier. Dehumidifier. This is actually the system in the entire building that is like bringing air into the building and circulating. I just it assumed it was that southern thing of chronic overheating, like when it's cold outside. Well, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, the that thing too. is, it's very <laughs> difficult when buildings aren't sort of modernized buildings. You know, like we figured out ways to better insulate, but one of the big problems is insulation in the yeah. building. Yeah, true. Because like mean, your room is cold right now, it is cold by this it's window. It's not well insulated. I mean, and so I guess they try to heat these up, and as a result, the, the inner recital room hall just ends up being just well. And even nice like, I mean, oven. when I was walking up from like the chairs in the recital hall, and then to getting on stage, oh yeah, significant, it gets so much hotter. significant difference. <laughs> Um, Increase in temperature. Well, for one thing, you're 10 feet or 6 feet higher. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that for one thing. Um, No, we have actually, this is a problem also at music schools across the country that don't have, like, modernized buildings, is we have tried to fight Uh the battle with the facilities administration on the fact that our pianos are not being well cared for. Yeah. Accurate. Um, And this is not just a problem at our school. This is a problem at, like, many, Yeah, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, if you're not... Musician, musician, you just don't understand. You Correct. Just don't know. Like, and we're just and we were at, apparently actually when our department administration even had a conversation with our university administration about that subject, the university administration threw back, yeah, we were told you music people would complain about your pianos. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. You're if right. If you don't do anything, we <laughs> are going and to. And I wanted to be like, do you know how many millions of dollars in pianos we have in this building well yeah like, like I guess they you don't bought how those much for they us cost. do you not want to take care of them it's like they don't know well technically they, <laughs> they didn't, didn't because it was all endowment money that oh. paid for our pianos but still so i mean there's a lot of money in these pianos i mean i'm sure some of them were budgetary items at some point but right. mo- most of in them the practice rooms well especially uh, well, like the sure. sign ways right those were all like private donor funds that and we acquired as a department expensive. and that yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, well, yeah, that new piano in the choir room is a eighty thousand dollar piano. Yeah, I remember when, yeah, when they got the one. I think the new one in JPW, like when the Steinway. Oh well, that's came. that's a that's over a hundred thousand. Yeah, he was talking about it, and I was like, I should never touch this. Yeah. Well, I and feel what's like we should tell all the honestly, how much it costs based on how they treat. Probably that piano. the <laughs> most tragic thing on <laughs> our campus is actually the fact that our big nine foot instrument. Is it swore? Is in our auditorium in our admin building, no which we don't have control of, and that instrument is not cared for 
at all, and that's like a quarter of a million dollar instrument. I know. It's disgusting. And and literally the only time we use it because of that is what, honors recital? Every other year. Every they, other it's, year. It's like, and it, at the beginning of the year convocation for the school, I mean, that's Okay, but they don't appreciate it's it. Pra- yeah, because it's just we're playing hymns on it. Yeah, I mean, they don't. That's not, that's a sad use of it. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, it is. And it's tough. Pianos are built to be, they're kind of like cars. Like there's an old adage about cars that cars are meant to be driven. Pianos are meant to be played. They're really not meant to just sit. sit. Um, (laughs) They don't do well when they're just sitting and, and not doing anything. Anyway, Me well, neither. that was a, that was. A, I think <laughs> this is the first time. I don't do well when I'm just sitting and not doing anything. Yeah, I thought Leah was gonna lose it this summer when like you were recovering God. and you were just stuck upstairs. It was not a pretty time for you. It was not. I I did lose it a few times. Cause like I wasn't there as much because I was going back <laughs> and forth between <laughs> Memphis and it's like when I was around, like I'd come up and like yeah. we would talk and stuff. But you were but stuck like, there. Day nobody in, was there. Day out. Sorry. I couldn't get a job, so I couldn't leave the house. But also, I mean, I was recovering. Yeah, you could But leave, also, period. I didn't have money, so I couldn't even like. Yeah. I just literally like I couldn't do anything that like normally would relieve you of stress. Like I couldn't exercise. Right. You know, like. Yeah, you couldn't even house. go for a walk. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Like. Right. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, like we would invite her. Like that's we were, like, that's one of the toughest things about recovering from any kind of procedure of anything is. Well, she couldn't even like go to dinner because of the yeah. right. paraphernalia right. that yeah. came yeah. along with terrible. It. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I mean, I remember, I mean. It was not a good time. No, f- absolutely. <laughs> it's it's a worse time when you're going through that and you have children. <laughs> and you have other humans that you are responsible for. As yeah. all my parents are going, yep. <laughs> anyway. All right. How about, ha- happy Friday, Vocal Fam. It's Friday. Sarah, tell them about uh, last Friday. Oh, Starkville. I had to think about that for a second. That was an eon ago. It was great. I mean, we drove to Starkville. There was a road called Hale State Road, and I just I think the world needs to know that that there is literally a road. <laughs> yeah, there. we took a back way into campus. And that's the thing; it wasn't even like a road on campus called Hale State Road Drive, whatever. Starkville is a fascinating. Place. It was all like it was totally just the middle of nowhere. Yeah, for those of you, Mississippi State is sort of like a university, like in the Midwest almost, like where you just drive through like miles and miles of farm fields, and all of a sudden. You're, you're like, just, wait, you're where did all these university buildings come from? And like, because it's a huge university. Yeah, that was just a weird tidbit, but it was great. We get in there, we get set up, we watch a masterclass first, but then I don't know. We we well, Dr. Perna presented. I just ran computery stuff. Sarah helped. I had to run the kit because the computers and all the tech had to be in the back. I was able to run that and help. In How that about regard. Sarah running Voce Vista Video Pro and Mata? What a what a way to get thrown in the deep end if you've never used Voce Vista Video Pro and all of a sudden it's in like... In front of an audience? All right, do it. And I was like, I'm going to break it. Oh my gosh. But it didn't break it. It was good. They were so responsive because at first we realized that it was going to be predominantly students at this. And we were kind of like, okay, maybe this isn't going to... I don't know. Well, but they just don't have as much... I mean, like... They didn't have as much base knowledge, but they got well, it. Well, and just teachers, I mean, you think... Are more invested... Uh, well, maybe have more use out of, I don't know. I mean, it's useful for students, but sure. I mean, they're only going to be using on themselves, whereas a teacher could use it on a whole studio. But that you was know the crazy I mean? thing yeah. is that they really were so receptive and involved and invested. And they saw the like future uses. They asked like, well, could I use this with a choir? No. Could, you know, could how would I use this in my studio? Like they were so interactive. It was amazing. I don't think I've ever been around a group of students that quite, responded like that i've given talks like this at i don't know how many universities i've, I've lost count this is probably th- i will say kudos to jeanette fontaine and ryan landis and rosa Chukanova and and their faculty at state because i will say that i found this probably to be just about one of the most engaged crowds of students there were what about 35 students there something like that in that range maybe a little more honestly you know somewhere somewhere like in that so 30 to 40 students something like that and uh, probably no more than 50 uh, yeah, and, and anyway it doesn't there. matter Regardless. but but it was it was probably the most attentive group 
at a university that I've gone and presented for. I was very impressed. And maybe we sort of (laughs) joked about this, um, that maybe it was because it was an engineering school. I mean, predominantly. There were several people in the audience, I don't know, um, that told us straight up, like, well, I'm only a music minor. I'm actually a science major. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. They had great questions and... Honestly, it was kind of a confidence boost to be like to be able to explain things <laughs> to them, and then they got it, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm right. I know things. I can answer questions." But so we posted a very short clip of me sort of going through some basic acoustic stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, on the Vocal Fry page, it's uh, actually it was a clip that that Jeanette had taken while we were in the middle of the session, and she sent it to me, uh, and so that was nice. That it that's was. on our Vocal Fry page on Facebook, and there's a little snippet of it on Instagram. Of course, Instagram only lets you post sixty seconds of a yeah. video. Um, but those are both on our social media, so if you want to check those out, it's it's fun and. Um, it was nice to be able to do this talk with more time so that you were able to kind of yeah. go off on some more tangents just about probably deeper uses of e- each of the technologies we talked about. Mostly Voce Vista Video Pro. Like, that's what we focused on because the EGG doesn't like us all the time. Well, and Sarah and I have been playing with EGG all week. Look, I've got um, it. I've and got it now. now. Well, we got it figured out now. We were actually having a I cable connection. it. We were having a cable connection problem. That was the issue that we were having. Mm-hmm. And th- I figured that's what it was in the end. It's usually never any of the big expensive boxes. It's well, almost <laughs> it's almost always a cable that goes wrong. It's just literally like anytime I'm running it, I have to hold it in a very specific position the entire time I'm trying to get signal from it or else it just falls away. And sometimes that very specific position changes and you have to sit there for a minute and twist it around. But we had a good time. Sarah, tell them about your experience talking to the young lady who came up to you at the end. Oh, well, I kind of briefly touched on it just a touch a second ago. But at the very end, you know, we had took a few questions, but then people had to go to class. People had to leave, whatever, whatever. But a few students came up to us and were asking questions. And this one girl, she was one of the science majors Mm -hmm. who was just minoring in music. And she came up and she started asking me questions about formats and your resonances and what exactly those were and how they worked and how she could use them like how exactly would those influence your singing and how could you um, kind of influence control them and I had answers all of a sudden I didn't shut down my brain didn't just like go blank <laughs> into this well like sometimes <laughs> I, I say sometimes this happens all the time to me you ask me a question and I know the answer and I can give you a great eloquent answer but the minute you ask me, it's like my brain just street like completely shuts down to eking out one word at a time. Sarah, like I can't Sarah, probe any knowledge. Takeaways. I uh, have forgotten every uh, word in the English uh, language. Uh, Send help. But it didn't happen. I answered it. I felt like very. Fl- I talked a lot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't coherent, but I said a lot of words to her, and she seemed to get it. It was because she kept I was, asking more I was intelligent really proud questions. Of her. It was really good, and it was a very nice moment to be like, "Whoa, I actually do know some of this stuff." It was. I was very so that proud was nice. of her. That was it a was great was moment for me. That was probably the highlight of that for the trip. Like, if nothing else, it was nice to be like, "Whoa, I've learned things. I have some answers." It was very good. It was very good, Granted, and we'll and we'll learn answers. more things all semester. All semester, we'll be keep learning new and new and new and better and better things. Um, So, also while we're on the weekly report, actually, well, pause for just a second. So there will be no Valentine's hearts this year. Yeah, those are gross. I think so too. It's funny. (laughs) I I don't eat candy anymore. I really like the white ones. For those of you, like, you know, we're talking about, like, the little hearts. The conversation hearts. The conversation hearts that have, like, the little messages on them. The company that makes them is gone out of business. Well, they're they're coming back. They're coming back in a year. In 2020. They got bought out. there will not be any for Valentine's 2019. So I hope you saved some. I just feel like I'm still going to see them somewhere. And I'm going to be like, those are from last year. I know it. The funny thing is... I actually thought they stopped making those in the 80s, and I've assumed that all the <laughs> no, ones that totally have been kept being passed <laughs> out were from the 80s. That would explain so, a lot. Uh, so, sort of, I, well, I thought it was sort of like fruitcake, like the same fruitcakes Just being passed, passed around. around since the 70s. You might not be wrong. Let's I mean, be real. That's what I sort of thought about those Valentine's Maybe they hearts. just finally ran out, and... And they were like, ooh, we should make a few more. That'll last us another, what, 20, 30 years? Great. 
see y'all in a year. Yeah, I was, that was, that was, anyway, I, whatever. That was an interesting p- tidbit of news. Sarah, uh, so our other thing for this week that we've been really invested in, Sarah, tell them a little bit about what you and I have been doing in the lab this week. Oh, we've been playing with the EGG, as stated a little earlier, and we've been kind of trying to look at, oh goodness, well, trying to see if there's any difference in your EGG signal and your contact quotient when you're going around the first format above and below high twang versus low twang commercial music CCM high twang low twang as defined by Carrie Obert on the Nats yeah. chat two weeks ago, which has been tricky because not being in Nats, I didn't see that chat, so I'm just going off what he said. Well, she's defining high twang as more auditory roughness above 4,000 hertz in the spectrum. And they were sort of defining low twang as essentially singer's formant cluster. Yeah. Um, so th- th- those were their two sort of definitions. And so at the moment, we've really just been playing around, taking recordings and like initial look, initially looking at the results we're getting. I just want to throw out there. I don't know if y'all remember this. The time I said I was going to be the first woman with singer's format, but I <laughs> feel like I got to say I did it. You're welcome, world. It happened. Sarah was actually singing rather high in her register and demonstrating singer's format. Yeah. It was uh, unex- un- unexpected. I just had to slip that in there. Just wanted y'all to know I did it. I un- accomplished un- un- it. Un- unexpected. Hashtag. Bucket list. Hashtag subrette problems. Whatever. Subrette problems. Do you really want to call it a problem? Oh. Some people would call it, I don't know. Skill. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. No, but we've been looking at the EGG and all the different signals. And I don't know. It's very interesting. And it's different because I've never used the EGG that much. So, in a sense, this has kind of been like a crash course in just how to interpret EGG signals. Well. Or lack thereof. (laughs) Sure. And we would like to say that... One of the historic problems, if you are a Voce Vista 3.x user or earlier, meaning one of the older versions of Voce Vista, you, there, there was quite a bit of art and theory and practice and experience in interpreting the EGG waveform itself it's in order to place the cursor appropriately to get your contact to find reading. sort of what your CQ probably was around, which is only an estimation anyway. It's I will say so much easier now with the new version now that Voce Vista Video Pro and thank you Bodomos, thank you, thank you, thank you, is prepared to accept signals from the electrical autograph, new signals. It can do what he refers to as the derivative EGG, which actually shows you the local maximum and minimum in the signal. And it just makes it so much easier to pinpoint where More likely what it really is. Yeah, because... You can still adjust it manually if you want. You can. But... But it's nice, because in the past, I've watched him, like, look at this, what is basically a smooth slope, and he's like, yeah, probably around here. And I'm like, this is literally just a a smooth line like there's no hump there's no notch there's nothing you're talking about me doing it yes i never could get how you this this guy's up here telling us this stuff matters and he's just looking at a dumb line it's just it's a smooth line because you'd be like yeah see how you can see the little the little notch and i'm like i see nothing but now i do because of the derivative i can see the derivative i can see where it dips yeah, so so That's we're we're saying that derivative EGG is way superior. It's really nice. Uh, that that's what we would like to say. I'm currently stuck, and like granted, still gotta look at everything more. Like we've taken all the measurements, we've done like an initial kind of look at everything, but haven't really gone in depth to compare what I've seen. I'm kind of stuck on like the shape of the EGG waves right Whoa. now. Like when I say kind shape of, of the waveform, I'm look really out stuck now. On it. Whoa! Well, because they all seem to correlate between classical versus look CCM, out, and then the different vowels vary a little, and it's just interesting. I don't know if there's anything there, but that's where I'm. St- I'm stuck at the. Mo- that's I say stuck. That's what I'm interested in at the moment. I think that that has been one of the things that. Uh, people who are more bench sciencey people have pointed out about the about 
EGG measurements is that one of the things we haven't paid enough attention to is the shape of the waveform. Also, I would just like to say that I'm thrilled that I now have a skinny enough neck to get EGG signal. He's getting really good EGG signal, even <laughs> if you hate doing it. I remember uh, Stephen Robertson from the Royal Conservatoire in Glasgow, and he was saying that he did a he did a sabbatical project five years ago now, where he basically took a year off and traveled around and collected spectrographic and EGG signals of professional tenors mm-hmm. all across Europe. I mean, and. In his words, I think his criteria were like guys who had been singing in like A or B houses for 15 or more years consistently. Um, And he got like 50 some samples. I mean, it's a huge data set. But um, I mean, comparatively to other voice pedagogy data sets. Yeah, to us being like, we found 11 people willing (sighs) to do this. Or all the studies that were N equals one. One. True. True. (laughs) Hashtag. 1990 yeah. anyway um but um what he was saying that he would sort of joke i oh, i'm only saying this because i've heard him say this in public so i don't think he'd mind me saying it he would sort of joke that when he would go into you know some of these rooms to collect some people's data sometimes he'd go well no egg signal for you, for you. <laughs> too much pasta <laughs> And, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, it's very difficult with a very thick neck just because of the subcutaneous tissue that you don't get good EGG signal. I mean, you know, and, I mean, you just don't. I I didn't. For a long time, I did not get good EGG signal. But you do now. So we're getting good EGG signal on me now. And Sarah's using me as a subject, by the way. I guess we should have made that. Clarified that. Clarified that. She's not testing on human subjects that we really needed to get approval for because it's me. And we just said, it's fine. I just said, it's fine. (laughs) Just take these these measurements on me because. We make fun of people with an N of one, and yet. And yet here we are. But this this was also just something we were curious about because of something we heard someone say, and we wanted to see what would happen. And we're kind of just. Initially looking like, is this even worth looking at more? Right. And yeah, it's been interesting. And I mean, it's kind of like you said, like the actual like CQ, we're getting it pretty much what we expected to get from that. The roughness has been interesting. Looking at that. Yeah. Looking at the auditory roughness has been, has been interesting. Especially like, I would think classically when you take it in and out. I don't know. Yeah. I end up getting... Well, was it was on like like the B flat and the A flat yesterday? Like when I sang yeah, those classically, I had a good deal of auditory roughness on my B high B high A flat and high B flat. And well, and it's funny like you hear it initially and you're like, "This is good. This is a sound you want." I mean, nothing compared to when I really twanged that. Yeah, that was crazy. That high B flat, that was that was nuts. But then, like as soon as you like take it out and put it back in, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, that is." Yeah, if you're something. listening to it perceptually, and we were only doing that on my garbage little laptop speakers yeah. i mean we weren't even listening to it on good speakers hashtag perna needs studio monitors yeah, okay so if anybody wants dreaming. to anybody wants to donate me a really great pair of really Speaker expensive companies if you want to sponsor us or if anybody would like to donate like a really nice earthworks uh okay. microphone to uh vocal fry we would be willing to accept all of those offers and we'd be like li- we would give our honest appreciative review i still think our top patreon level needs to be like some absurd amount of money where they get to appear on vocal fry with us sure <laughs> and we'll make you bacon because and we'll make you bacon isn't and that eggs the whole point? and maybe pancakes are we just doing the whole breakfast i, I mean grits g- i don't grits. care about eggs. yeah we're, we're a much more Jeez, grits, grits podcast look i've been eating eggs it's the sort South. of the past three days and it's whatever i mm. want grits I want cheese grits. Mm. I want cheese grits. The best cheese grits I've ever had, which oh, you're going to die. Um, they had heavy cream in them, like a lot of heavy Ooh. cream and bacon and onions Ooh, and cheese. Ooh, look out. But like, they were not good for you, but they were good for your soul, maybe? That maybe. Yeah. At least in the short term. In the short term. So Leah and I did some primary, pri- <laughs> preliminary. Pre- the word what? I was trying, I said <laughs> primary. I was trying to say preliminary. <laughs> and that turned into pre-Mary, which I don't think is a word. 
No, I thought you were going to say premarital, and I was like, interesting. No, we were uh, doing some preliminary planning of her lecture recital, which is also coming up. So we're going to try to find some samples in the lit and and get some samples recorded also with with Spectrogram and EGG as she's continuing her venture into female chest voice. Woo! That was not chest voice, what (laughs) I just did. That was was whoop-tambored, CT sort of dominant headiness. Like, I'm, I'm interested to hear... I don't know, I'm just interested to hear a lecture recital first off, but then also, I like the topic you're doing, so that helps. I've done lecture recitals different ways, and I think Leah's plan right now to sort of just do the lecture with recorded samples and then sing after that is an easier... I've done it before where I've literally gone back and forth lecturing, singing, lecturing, singing, lecturing, yeah. singing, lecturing, singing... It is exhausting. Well, and in some topics, that might be the way you have to do it. Well, but that does sound like a very... When I gave my... Whenever I've done my Britain and his, the influence of the Second World War on Britain's use of the semitone lecture, which I haven't done in years now, but whenever I've done that program, it's always like I, I, I talk a little bit, get to a point, and then we do a piece. Talk a little bit, and then we do a piece. Talk a little bit, and then we do a piece. That would and, stress and me out. It's exhausting. That would really stress me out, like trying to be like, okay, what song's coming next? What song's coming next? What well, that wasn't so much hard because I, w- I kept going back to my script and I my PowerPoint, and that that wasn't really, but it was just the vocally, it was really exhausting. Yeah. To do talk, sing, talk, sing, talk, sing, talk, sing was, was fairly exhausting. Which, of course, we say, and then like we do like musicals and stuff, and... Yes, but in musicals and in opera, I'm telling you, it's look, look, maybe we have never said this on the podcast, but I tell students this all the time. Doing a recital is the most practically the most rigorous singing you ever do. I guess because it's Be- all you. Because it's all you. I mean, there are scenes in opera where you might sing for an extended period of time or maybe don't stop singing. For example, um, act one of, of Elixir, Nemorino never leaves stage ever. That's so I mean that's that's a tiring act for Nemorino because yeah. he's in every single number in the first act. Um, you know there are other acts like that. I mean, in general, Hoffman <laughs> never practically leaves stage. He's practically on stage the entire opera. Uh, that's I, true. Oh, I mean, whoa! And I mean, obviously, in, in a very extreme situation, if we're talking about you know uh, Wagner, I mean, oh. What is the immolation scene? Like 45 but, minutes long? I mean... But Wagner is just... Wagner. Long-winded? Like, just if you're doing Wagner, like, you're just going to be exhausted, period? Yeah. Okay, a couple of uh, notes from our... Uh, I wanted to cover today from our online forums. This week, there have been a number of very interesting threads this week. Uh, and one of them... One of them was uh, regarding sort of the functional use of lies in teaching, M- meaning, it, you know, and that would that could even relate to something as simple as imagery. Yeah. You know, would be a functional lie. You don't really have a hot brownie in your mouth. But maybe that works for somebody yep. as an image. Um, that was actually one that I remember Nina Hinson saying to me that she got from Bernard. And, you know, I mean, you know, these kind of images are, you know, your hard palate really can't raise an inch, but that might be a valuable thing for someone to actually perceive. Yeah. And it just got me thinking. We've seen a number of times on posts recently sort of the old argument of scientific teaching versus artistic teaching. Why? I mean, why does it have to be one or the other? See, and that is perhaps the most beautiful sentiment, isn't it, really? I mean, why why can't you have both, though? Okay. I'd really be interested to hear. So, so I mean, go expound upon that. I mean, well, I think there are several ways that you could even have that. You could have somebody that just perhaps comes at things from an artistic standpoint, uses imagery, uses the text. But also at the same time, if you have the scientific knowledge, 
you know why what you're saying is working and you also know better like how to maybe amplify let's say textual stuff like how okay well in this language this vowel does this but also based on how high you're singing and your formats you need to really play to this part of that vowel hashtag ipa is a lie (laughs) maybe maybe that's what i'm saying who knows but additionally, like, you might also... At least we don't have Michael here anymore going, the breathing people. Well, and if you believe in both, like, obviously, I think we've talked about before how, like, every student has individual needs or their whatever. And you might have a student that doesn't respond to imagery or artistic stuff at all. And you have to really play on more scientific stuff. And you might have students that just, when you talk science, they just shut down. And so you have to come at everything from an artistic point of view. And I think if you just kind of embrace both, then you have that option. And then I also just think it's valuable to utilize both. I agree. I I always, you know, I I think people are sometimes when they see me talk, like at the thing we did at State. and this They might think think you're all science. Right. And I think I even said this in that session because I usually try to make sure that I say it. I almost never use a spectrogram in a studio. No. And I almost never, at least anymore, maybe I did at one point because, you know, we're all young once and we all say ridiculous things at some point in our lives and we learn and we get older and we get wiser and whatever. But, I, you know, I almost never use sciencey words anymore. I, no. I, I, I'm, I'm just like, hmm, maybe we just we, yeah. Maybe we, take, we just make a sound. Let's, let's pant a little bit. Okay, good. Now let's sing. Uh, and, and, you know, and we let's use that vocal fry a little bit. Get some, you know, get some, get some core closure. But going. you know why you're <laughs> saying that. You know why you're asking a student to pant yes. a little bit. Yes. And I think that helps. And then anybody who has talked to you about the textual meaning of, of a piece knows that you definitely value the meaning of the piece and like that you're thinking about that when you're performing. Right. Because I do think that matters because on some level, like you can make this great, amazing sound, but if you're not saying anything, what's the point of listening to you? Right. So, I don't know. I just think it's valuable. I think it's short-sighted to say that you can just do one. And and there were, you know, on the thread, on the full thread, there were obviously... You have people in all different camps. As I've said, you know, you could line 10 voice teachers up and they wouldn't even agree on where to go for lunch. I mean, let alone anything else about the singing voice. One of the things, I only briefly glanced at the thread and kind of read through what you said and read through what a few other people yeah, said. I'm, I'm getting to that. Yeah. Well, and what a lot of people are like, ah, but it's how you apply things or how you intend to things. And one of the things I've noticed is I've listened to people, to voice teachers who would probably claim they have like oppo- opposing methodologies. And yet it, when you really listen to them, half the time they're getting at the same thing they're just using different they're words. just using different words but they would swear to you no i'm yeah. saying this totally different thing because i'm saying this but you're like yeah but at the end of the day like you're actually trying to get this out of the student right so i don't know that's just and maybe i i don't have that much experience so my view is limited well voice foundation will be very interesting i mean just to sort of observe a room full of Sciencey voice people talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I on the thread, I guess I'll sort of read this, and I just because I got some every once in a while, I let a thread just sort of stew in my brain, and and because both of these sort of topics of like lies versus truths in the studio, or even sciencey teaching versus artistic teaching, are sort of topics that are near and dear to my heart and my basic philosophies of Mm -hmm. voice teaching and pedagogy Mm -hmm. i let it stew for a little while and then what i usually do is i actually usually open a word document and type my response oh my gosh i've done that before and i read it and i'm like do i really want to post this like don't even start putting it in the comments just like completely like write out what you're gonna say and go back and you're like yeah i need to change this well so i thought about this for a little bit and and i just I, I want to share a little bit about this, and I'm I'm admitting that since this is our podcast, I have right to just make some th- say some things. But and this nobody gets, can argue. No, feel free on uh, on our social media to tell me what an idiot I am. 
Um, Leah can do that right here if you like. That's true. Um, but this gets pretty philosophical pretty quick, and I, I admit that. So I just... Um, someone had made the comment earlier than me about the voice being hidden. And I, I think that was sort of the point I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, so I said, I think that phrase, the voice being hidden deserves some attention in this discussion. I'll admit that this is going to get fairly philosophical, blah, 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 blah. The belief in something that cannot be seen is cited in the biblical book of Hebrews as faith. So in a truly introspective manner, since not one of us can truly see our own voices or the voices of our students, we all are acting on faith in something, at least by the above definition. It occurs to me that these discussions often have disagreements because at a deep underlying level to question our belief in whatever, and I just named some things, proprioception, technique, physiology, acoustic style, or whatever manner of teaching you claim, is literally questioning your faith in your singing belief system. When examining the history of teaching singing, there are constant cycles of back and forth between science-based learning back to artistry-based learning, wash, rinse, repeat. All of that is because at some level, we're putting our faith in something that can't be seen, that being the voice. I mean, even if we're believing... That, that a spectrogram is true. We can't see the pressure waves in the air. Yeah. Um, or we believe that the diaphragm does a thing. You're not physically, re- you maybe see evidence of that, but you're not seeing the diaphragm. Yeah. Um, that's something, uh, th- and that's something, and I went on to list some examples. I said that something may very well be a guru's instruction that you were given, your knowledge of anatomical function, your breadth of knowledge of historical operatic recordings or whatever you saw or didn't see on a spectrogram. In the end, most of us as humans desire to have our feet grounded in some way to something. Perhaps the first step is not looking for what is wrong with what someone is saying, um, but rather, you know, so in other words, the original post was saying that oftentimes in these discussions, we as voice teachers are often looking at the other person's opinion and we're looking for what is wrong. Yeah. And so what I was saying is perhaps rather than looking at what is wrong, maybe the first step should be an introspective consideration of why we believe the opposite or an opposing view in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and I referenced uh, our, our dear friend of the podcast, um, Ken Bozeman, who I'm sure wouldn't mind me saying this, in his statement that he often makes publicly about the fact that he says that he has learned, as his scientific knowledge has increased, that he l- ends up learning more from people he thought he disagreed with than practically from anyone else. And that over time, he's learned more from those people, uh, even though he thought he originally disagreed with them. And they've been one of his great sources of learning and, and wisdom. And, and I think that's just such a beautiful picture of what our community can be when it functions its best Mm -hmm. is us just having conversations and us having these talks with a mutual respect sort of goes back to my whole thing of our academic discourse and tattoos episode or tattoos and academic discourse episode of this idea of just you know forgot about that i love beautiful conversations I was telling someone in a conversation this week that I really like being a progressive and a forward thinker. It's just my personality. It's just who I am. And they were sort of asking me, well, you know, in a university system, that can be challenging because obviously universities are sort of slow-moving, snail-paced kind of things. And I was like, well, I've been involved in curriculum my entire academic career, and I, I understand that. And I said, in the end, what I really want is to have the conversation. I really want to have the conversation with colleagues locally, regionally, nationally, internationally, just to have the conversation of how can we move the field forward? Because I always feel like even if we're having the conversation, look, in the end, the American Revolution happened because a couple of guys started having conversations about it happening. Yeah. Thank you, Hamilton the Musical, for cataloging all of that for us. You know, but all great ideas and all great movements of change just start with conversation. And maybe that's one of the reasons I'm just so tied to this wonderful little podcast is because here we sit talking about it. Well, and having conversations where you recognize that just because someone might not share the exact belief as you or may share a complete opposite belief as you, like, they're not necessarily attacking you or your belief. Right. 
that like them saying, well, this is what I think and why I think it. It's not them like being like, but you are stupid for yours and obviously completely wrong. Like maybe it's easier being a student to like listen to all of this and like take in all these different perspectives and views because you're kind of going in with the assumption of I don't know everything. I don't know much. And, and so any of this could be right. And here's what I will tell you. One of the things that really great lifelong learners will keep telling you consistently, one message that they will always tell you is the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. I know nothing. It's not that you know nothing. No, I'm John Snow. It's just that the, the more you reference. become aware of, because you're aware of a broader picture of everything, it reveals more avenues that you're not informed about. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things about realizing the complexity of the singing voice is you just become aware of this beautiful picture of complexity that like could just be this incredible interwoven thread of ideas. All right, there's enough philosophy. That's a lot of on a on a non philosophical note. Uh, you guys might remember that last a year ago we did songs for a new world. I know we talked uh, about it a lot, but love. Jason Jason Robert Brown actually just released the new album that they did of that short run of songs for a new world with Shoshana Bean and. Uh, I'm so excited to listen to it. Yeah, well, it just got released, um, and uh, our former podcast colleague Michael was uh, texting us about it this morning, wanting to know our thoughts. I haven't listened to it yet, And he was ready. sort of complaining about not hearing enough um, edgy sounds. And he just texted me in the middle of the podcast, and he goes, that moment when you realize that actually the singers on this recording just sound nice and easy and relaxed, and you realize that you don't like relaxed sounds. No, I like some intensity. Well, Michael certainly does. In case you remember, Michael, podcast audience. Really, Michael? I just always thought of him as so just apathetic. Yeah. So laid back. Right. There is a heavy dose of sarcasm in everything I just said. We love you, Michael. I mean, he wouldn't, like... Laid back is not a way we would describe him. Or apathetic. Neither. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's right. Okay, we we had some big other pop culture news this week beyond the hearts. Issue. Not on the hearts. <laughs> I just thought that hearts thing was cute, and it's almost Valentine's it Day. It is. It is almost Valentine's. I didn't even realize know. how close we were. Like, where did January go? I actually can't tell you the last time my wife and I like really celebrated Valentine's Day. It's just not like a thing that we do. Jamie always gets from someone like a like a gift card to a nice restaurant around Christmas, and we're like. We'll just save it for Valentine's. Yeah. And so that's about as much as we ever do for Valentine's. I literally can't tell you the last time we went out on Valentine's Day. Well, it's funny. We don't usually end up going out on Valentine's. Like, I doubt we'll go out on Valentine's this year because we'll probably have rehearsal, I would think. It's a, oh. thurs- it's a Thursday evening, and we've been having rehearsals. We then. will probably have rehearsal. Yeah. And so we might go out on the Wednesday night before or the Friday night after for dinner and just be like, ah, oh, look how cute and valentine we are. Right. Woo-hoo. We'll probably have rehearsal that Friday night as well. And we'll probably go out on Wednesday night. Oh my. Well, it'll be an exciting We will time. find a way. It'll there be is a, a stake with my name on it. Anyway, lots of uh lots of uh Avengers Endgame rumors are starting yes. to uh unfold. The toy leaks from Vietnam were enormous this week. Uh Valkyrie potentially holding a very important sword. That'd be cool. I could accept that. And that would be nice because it'd be a way to have the sword without introducing a totally new character and using a character that I really liked. Yeah. I thought she was cool. Yeah, I, I think... Well, she's in the movie. That's confirmed. Right. Um, and so we'll we'll see. I We're hearing on the IMDb page that there are certain like extra characters who have identified themselves as like 1970s lab worker. Interesting. So I'm assuming we're going to go back and see like Howard Stark or Peggy Carter or. That would be really cool. Something in some of these scenes. I never watched that TV show like Agent Agent Carter. Agent Carter. But I heard great stuff about it. Like that's one of the shows that I would love to watch. Yeah, the Marvel people were furious it got canceled. Yeah, I wish I I could find that and watch it because I heard great stuff about it. Of course, Marvel just got 
practically all of their content pulled off of Netflix. Hashtag. Did Disney. they really? Hashtag. Oh yeah. Oh, Daredevil Disney. got canceled. I forget. Everything got canceled. Luke Cage got canceled. Everything got canceled. Everything got canceled. Is it because yeah, I mean like Netflix canceled it because hashtag Disney streaming service. Oh, because they're pulling out. Yeah. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. Daredevil was apparently I never watched Daredevil, but apparently it's really good. I, I watched half of the first season, but it was too violent for me to watch. Uh, okay. Like I said, I But seen it, it was great. Like what I watched was amazing. I just couldn't like it was getting to me. You're watching Bodyguard now? Are you watching I Bodyguard am. with her? No. No. It's really good. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's intense. We're still we haven't watched episode three yet. Because last night we caught up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ah, we haven't. We've only Nine watched Nine. the season premiere. Okay, we've watched both now, and let me just say, Nine Nine. amazing, amazing. Yeah, need what to go, a great need, We need to season. go back and catch up on that. You at should some, at some point. We've and actually been watching Bosch. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's a it's an uh, Amazon original. Oh. We're about a season and a half in. Uh, it's uh, it's a typical cop show. I we hadn't watched a cop show in a while, like a cop just drama yeah. cop show. It's all right. I've gotten pulled into watching, and like I kind of hate myself for it, but also don't. Netflix has made an original series of Carmen Sandiego, and it is a children's yes, show. It's my kids want to watch it. It's good. I told them they should. But at the same time, the plot's really good. There are definitely kid like moments. Is it animated? Yeah. Like it's animated, but the plot is great. And does it use the Rockapella theme song? I have no idea. Like, does it use the original theme song? I never watched the original show. Oh. Did the original theme song go like Carmen? Oh no. Nope. Okay. No, it was like a very specific where in the world. Oh is no, it's not that. Carmen San Diego. No, I that's another thing I love. I love the music in this. Uh-huh. The music is used really well. All these different characters have their own different little themes. Great backs. Like it's weird. The plot is really great. And the plot is almost adult, but they lighten it up just enough yeah, that kids yeah, yeah, can yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, there's well, I mean, she was a spy. I mean, that's the whole point of the character. No, she's not. She was a villain. She was a thief, but now she's not. Now she's fine. Anyway, it's a good show. Oh, okay. Well, like, clear, you, clearly, there's information I don't know. If you're looking for a show, I would say to watch with your kids. Or what I'm doing is like I have it on while I'm doing other things, like around the house, where uh. like I can't give my full attention to a TV show. But I kind of want to just have something on because who likes to sweep? And so I have it on. And it's really good. But also, if you wanted to watch something with your kid, it's really good. it reminds me of Kim Possible. If anybody, anybody ever watched that? No. Well, great female character. Kicks a lot of butt. She's uh, amazing. Last night when you guys, because my wife had rehearsal late. Uh, I don't know. Did either of you have late rehearsal last night? No. Jamie did till 7.30. Oh, no, no. She went till 9 last night. Whoa. And she got home, and I was watching a, I was watching, I was working on my computer and watching an old episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And she gets home, and she's like, "Well, too bad I missed this." I'm sure she was so upset. My wife, for those of you podcast land, I don't, I don't watch nearly as much Star Trek as I perhaps would like, and I still watch a lot of Star Trek: Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. But that's because my wife hates them. But she's going to have to watch. She's them. agreed to watch some highlights to highlights. get ready for the Jean Luc Picard series. Yeah. Uh, although now they've also announced a Section Thirty One series, which is also super exciting. Anyway, I just want I just want more of our podcast audience for me to be able to be like Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Look, Shaka. When the walls fell. I'm gonna and I want people to understand what I'm saying. I'm going to watch the highlights. I'm I'm sure we're going to watch that episode. I also totally want the Picard shirt where he's like playing electric guitar and it says Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra 1989. I, I, or I want it so bad. Because like you and Jamie have gone in. Y'all come up with your little list of the, sh- of the highlights. Yeah, we have I'm highlights. I'm going to watch them. Where are my them. TNG fans out there in podcast land? You've got to be out there. And I guess I'm going to watch this new show. Oh, we're all watching the Jean-Luc Picard show. So I'm ready for it. Well, Leah, Leah might skeptical. not be. <laughs> Leah, 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 Leah is skeptical <laughs> still about basically everything. Leah doesn't have like a Jamie to rope her into it. so That's true. The things yeah. we do. For anyway, well, so are. the musical's in full swing. Woo. We're rolling. We're Woo. all staging this week. It's going to be great. We're all staging. It's in a few weeks. It's the coming up. The more I hear... The, the more, more you like, hear. This is good music. 
Yeah. So anyway, next Friday our episode will drop late. Yeah. Uh, it will not be up Friday morning. So vocal fam, just Don't hang it. on. We are expecting to have a special surprise guest on with us Woo. next week. So more to come about that next week. We uh. I, I don't know if either of you, but I will be at the University of Southern Mississippi next week at the Vocal Arts and Science Something. Symposium? I don't know. Workshop? Leah and I are currently planning on going. Okay, we'll be there. so we're, we'll be we, at the University we? of Southern Mississippi next week. Dr. Scott McCoy, Dr. Matt Edwards. Uh, It'll be cool. I'm excited to Presentations, master talk. classes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, about science and the singing voice and wonderfulness and whatever and... Like I said, we'll hopefully have a special guest on uh, next weekend sometime. We'll, we'll These next two weeks are going to be big. Next week and then the week after that is, is also a guest Dr. episode. Thompson, with right? Pres- yes, with MC's new president, Dr. Blake Thompson, will be on the 8th. We'll record that episode that morning. Got um, some big, big weeks coming and, up. Uh, and that episode, by the way, remember that that recording session is at 10 not cool. nine that's cool um so anyway that's it takeaways any takeaways from I this week know. i said my my philosophical stuff earlier good it's been out there good breakfast um uh, healthy now well i've been healthy for a few days and i got these like frittatas and they're little they're actually pretty good they have Ooh, sausage and bacon in them but little bits it's mostly egg and you can microwave them which is good because i don't have the time in the morning can i tell you i saw a w- i watched a video of one of my favorite online food personalities whose name's kenji lopez alt he's the f- the food lab guy yeah um he's also works for serious eats but I watched him bake a frittata that was inspired by Chef Jose Andres, who actually won the uh, uh, Nobel Humanitarian Prize okay. this year for all the things he did in Puerto Rico. And um, anyway, uh, but but Kenji was doing the video, and, and it was a video of him making this frittata where he used like kettle cooked salt and pepper, salt and vinegar potato chips, huh. and then just mixed them with eggs and seasoning. And like put it in a pan and started to like get it to set and then got it to set a little bit and then just flipped it, like put it on a plate, flipped it and cooked the other side and like put it out on a thing, maybe put some cheese on it, I don't remember. And then he made like an aioli and I, I sort of want to make it. That sounds almost amazing. Right? I'm actually intrigued by that. By what the potato chip texture would actually end up being. I complain about the the frittata, but it's pretty good. Mine is only microwavable. I am well, not that this fancy. Is, this is very interesting. I, I It was unexpected. Yeah. But yay healthy, I guess. I don't know. I like looked at the nutritional information and everything. So depressing. Yay healthy. I miss muffins. How we have rebounded from the chocolate chip muffins stuffed with Nutella. They were amazing. How we have rebounded. Oh, my. The pendulum does swing. Anyway, it's Indian food for lunch today for for Perna and his wife. Uh, And then it's a two-meal day for Perna also. So yay Fridays. Two-meal day. Yay. Hashtag two-meal day. Hashtag family time. Okay. That's Um, a lot of hashtags. Yeah, hashtag vocal fam, hashtag okay, vocal fry. Okay, Leah, say something. <laughs> Make it stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's takeaway. Stop. All right, very good, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.